Uncorked. Hey, welcome to Uncorked. Hey there, welcome to Uncorked. Hey, welcome to Uncorked. Hey, welcome to Uncorked. <laughs> hey, welcome to Uncorked. Hey, welcome back to Uncorked. Welcome back, welcome back. Uh, this week, I don't have a lot to say, so I hope you're ready for these snippets of what used to be a good news section. <laughs> No news. No news is good news. Uh, well, it's been one of those weeks of just nothingness. Not looking at my. Uh, well, looking at my phone, yes, but not. I guess the sections that I usually do. I think this week had a lot. Of, there was the news just, was was yeah. sad. It was it was not. There just yeah. wasn't anything that really drew my eye, and I really don't. I don't read full articles if they're not like <laughs> enlightening. You know, I just skim. You know, this is this is why you do the news section. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. that's why people listen to me. Um, you know, some people have cancer, and it's sad. And I just mm. wish that people didn't have cancer, and that countries would just give people like free, like stuff to like, like pay for their insurance money. Yeah. I said stuff, money. Oh, um, money. <laughs> James Harden was in Shanghai randomly on, in Jingan, but uh, I mean, hey. So, who's, who's that? Basketball player. Okay. I can't tell you what team he plays for. I mean, um, it wouldn't make a difference. It's but okay. I'm, like, proud that I know yeah. his name, you know. Um, he has a beard, and he looks completely different without that beard. Just FYI. <laughs> when you said he has a beard, that imme- immediately in my head, you, uh, you were saying he's attractive, basically. Yeah, and he's okay. not without the beard, so... <laughs> Yeah, drastic you, difference. There's some arguments that um what the beards versus weaves argument that we've heard in in the community. Oh, have you heard of beard weaves? Yeah, I've seen. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm gonna get myself a lace front beard uh, if that's if that's even what ridiculous. They but yeah, so I will not be talking about anything that I didn't do this week because. I mean, you don't want my reviews of these things because they're just nothingness. So I will, I'll speak from what I did do this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about that for once? I'll speak from things that I actually know about. Um, so this past week, what did I do? Um, I started summer school. Blah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much all I did. But, um, so let's like scale back one week. Um, I... <laughs> <laughs> So nothing happened this nothing week. Happened. This week was, that yeah, was the point. There was yeah. nothing. Just drifting zero. through life. Nothing. Yep. Yep. Um, no, actually, oh my god, there's something did happen. Um, we had an amazing Pod Babes event, the second oh, yes. one. That was this. That was. This that week. was this Tuesday. I was just like, yeah. yep. I was, I was traveling for for some news. You know, I went, I went too far back. Um, but yes, we had a second Pod Babes event. Um, so much fun. Yes, and Michelle hosted it, and mm. it was at her home. It was so cute, and it was just really comfy, cozy, and it was Mexican themed. Yes. Um, and she made or she had tamales in her freezer, so we ate those. I tried those for the first time. Loved them. Had a savory and a sweet one. Not a fan of the sweet ones. Well, I didn't try her sweet ones, but I don't like sweet tamales. But everyone bought something, and it was just really delicious. Like mm-hmm. she made margaritas, Which and we actually have. yeah. She could, she could have one. I know. But we had a tequila specialist there, and she bought this really good, like, blue agave tequila. Wow. I'm, like, giving the, like, great sign because it was mm-hmm. so great. 
Um, and then, yeah, we had, like, guacamole, which was so good. Tacos. Uh, kids still bought some tacos. They're so good. <laughs> I, I got them from, like, from Shania, our, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to promote them and say yeah. they were, but, yeah, I got, I got them from a tacos place around here. But the conversations there were so good, and I just love how girls in this organization are so open to people whose backgrounds are so different from theirs because sometimes you don't get that and i've really strayed like a lot from like really specific groups because people tend to be fanatics but i don't get that and actually a lot of the girls who come like are just kind of like podcast lovers they're not really podcasters so it's an interesting dynamic like to meet girls who are just there to talk about podcasts and I mean, we, um, the two podcasts that we were supposed to talk about were Locatora Radio. And Tamarindo. Yeah. And we only talked about them a little bit. The rest of the time was just chats just about Really everything. nice conversation. Yeah. Controversial topics, even. Yeah. And it was just, it was a really good time. And, you know, Pod Babes is an amazing community. If you love podcasts or if you're a podcaster, you know, if you or your friends love those things, you know, definitely hit us up on social media. And we will let you know how to get connected with Pod Babes and uh, Michelle. This is really great. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really excited for the next event. I'll actually be hosting because Michelle will be out of town. Yes. So she's she's passed on the torch to me. And mm-hmm. um, I'm really excited for the upcoming theme. If you are interested in history podcasts, we'll be focusing on them next month. So it's going to be a great time. We're going to have a costume-themed party oh, or excited. event. So, yes, it's going to be really great. So if that's something that sounds interesting to you, definitely, definitely. I will link um, the information for Pod Babes in the description. Will you know? I will actually link it. <laughs> I promise. I will. Um, and uh, if you didn't know, Pod Babes is actually also a podcast. So Michelle has just released the very first episode. And the interview that Kitsu and I did with her is now live. Yes, the so full interview. Go, yes, the full interview. We gave you a snippet, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can go ahead and listen to that um, and tell us what you think, you know. It's kind of uncorked origin stories. So, yeah. you know, we're excited to hear if you've had any questions about uncorked. Because people always ask us how we get started, like what our plans are. So we answer all of that on her podcast so it's great yeah so that'll be on the link yeah and um other than that uh not much happening um last week i did get to go to this other lady's event um it was a retreat over the weekend you know i went there i lost my makeup bag but it's all good (laughs) which is back in shanghai by the way Hmm. (laughs) it's Um, in shanghai i need you know i need my correct concealer back Um, but yeah, so we went out to Chongming Island mm-hmm. and we got the chance to basically like get away from the hustle bustle of Shanghai and it was a really great time. Like I think that the people who came were really like focused on digging deeper and like, yeah. you know, like unwinding and just connecting with each other. And I think that that, it was a unique experience to be around people who were so interested in writing and at the same time, just like interested in like being like worldly and diving deeper like certain sur- yeah. than surface level stuff and that was it was great i re- left feeling really enlightened and just empowered yeah. so i'm glad that i got to go and um so will there be any other being here events there will they will definitely will uh we well me <laughs> I, I i'll be hosting a workshop uh soon i'll release date soon and then there will be another retreat in November, so that'll be more awesome. towards the colder 
colder months as well but um i think it was it was amazing work just doing the first one and seeing how people were actually i think what i was afraid of is people will people be willing to actually like connect with self you know because sometimes it's just you get you get into the hustle and bustle of the city and you don't take time out to really just introspect and to just sit with yourself and analyze and even doing that with a group of strangers um so i really think that there's more work to be done in terms of just exploring that and getting across to more people and you know emphasizing being present and being here so thank you to everyone that came through and thanks to Megan for leading a an amazing workshop on uh unconscious journaling or bullet journaling um cuz she's the she's the admin person she's <laughs> she's got this on lock um so yeah there definitely will be more more coming along yeah and if uh, you or anyone is interested in bullet journaling you can contact me. I have a group now for bullet journalers in China. And yeah, we have some interesting stuff coming up really, really soon. So I'm excited about that. Um, you know, I'm definitely someone who's very calm about my own stuff. So, and I'm like super organization based. Mm-hmm. And like a bullet journal event is about organization so i'm trying like not to get my blood pressure up when it comes <laughs> to like creating events based around that mm-hmm. so yeah when you if you decide to come through to anything in the future related to bullet journaling and like i'm out of whack just remind me like hey this is about organization so be calm be chill yeah. you know but <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah we're, we're both really excited about upcoming things so yes. we will have information linked in our bio only about the things we have mentioned if yes. we have not mentioned it do not ask me, okay, for things in the description box because I didn't promise that, okay? And yeah, yeah. So okay. So we have a link to Pod Babes, to being here, the WeChat group, and what's that? You thing? can contact oh, me if you would like to be added to the Bullet Journal group, okay? <laughs> That's all. Nothing else. Only the Bullet Journal group, okay? okay. Don't ask me for nothing else. All right. I don't know what you guys are asking Megan for because she's, she's just <laughs> like, do not even try me. I don't. What no. are people asking you a for lot on of these streets? Like, what's me, happening, girl? A lot. I get. You know, I'm not trying to sound popular or anything, but okay. a lot of people add me every day, and it's just kind of like, it ranges from, oh, can you add me to a marketing group? And I'm just like, how, how would, are, how would I am I in a marketing group? Can <laughs> can you add me to one? You know, it's like, oh, can can you get me a job? Like, do, can you add me to a teaching group? And I'm just like. Man. How did you get my contact, first you, of all? You're the, you're the girl. You're the plug. Ugh. But yes, yeah. please. Do not <laughs> add me. It literally says in my WeChat, no unsolicited messages or ads. So yeah, have a reason. If you're adding me about Uncorked, I'd love to speak to you. So just say like, hey, Uncorked. Hey, <laughs> hi. Okay? But yeah. Um, or if you're finding her a Chinese boyfriend. Yes. Either of those things are acceptable. He needs to be taller than 5'9". So yeah. be warned. Okay? Yes. Great. <laughs> and if you have any questions on being here, you'd like to keep up to date on what else will be happening in terms of being here in terms of a writing retreat, uh, you can contact me and then I'll send all the information and add you to the WeChat group as well. Awesome. Well, we will see you in a few minutes. Bye. Bye. Hey, do you like podcasts like we do? Find out more about podcasting or get some really good recommendations by joining Podbabes. Podbabes is a community for women who love podcasts and podcasting run by Michelle Ibarra. For more information, contact Michelle on 130-721-99118. 
That's 130-721-99118. Hey, welcome back, guys. Hey, welcome back, everyone. So we have our first guest with us today, and we're going to let him introduce himself. Really? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, how are you? How how is everyone? Mariano uh, from Chile speaking here. <laughs> I've been invited to today for this interview because I suppose uh, since I've been working in China for almost eight years, yeah, um, mm-hmm. they want to me me to share a bit my working experience, right? No, yes. we actually want to know nothing about your work experience. <laughs> I mean, we just want to know about your you personal life. Know. This is a shocking interview. Yeah, we're just here okay. to reveal no, everything about you. Mm. Mm. <laughs> the naked truth. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, a bit dangerous. <laughs> but yes, we are here today to interview Mariano, who has been in China for a very long time, as he just told you. Um, and he is the owner of a very special wine shop in Shanghai, and which I have frequented a lot. <laughs> and also very special to Uncorked because yes. we hosted our launch there. He was kind enough to let us have our launch party. I was your host. Yes. Even though I was not there. But in the, they're in spirit. They're in yes. spirit. And, and many of La Cava wines have been, like, they've sponsored some of our recordings. So I'm very thankful. A lot of get together. We are very inspiring, inspiring people. <laughs> But we're missing some wine now, though. But it's okay. Oh yeah. So you know, we are currently being sponsored by uh, nice, nice, clear blue water, um, mm, which is yeah. always tasty, delicious. Um, but and yeah. it's hot, so yes. you know, it's keep hydrated. <laughs> so you own a uh, wine bar in Shanghai. Very, very nice area. Um, can you tell us about how your experience has been just running the shop and? Um, how it's been, yeah. Like, uh, the idea of uh, selling wines really started almost seven years ago, oh, while wow. I was in Beijing. Mm-hmm. Um, I came to China years ago, I started studying Chinese, and then at some point, after two years, my Chinese was still very bad. Okay. Like, very bad. <laughs> okay. And I had to choose where to go. And at that yeah. point, I really didn't want to go back home. I wanted to keep doing something in China, mm-hmm. since I think it was uh, worth uh, keep con- continue, continuing learning Chinese or experiencing more. And then I decided to start the wine business. Okay. Because actually my family back home, we have a vineyard. It was my grandpa who started like oh, wow. 102 years ago, actually. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. wow. Runs in the family, hey? Wow. Yes, but we'd rather drink the wine. <laughs> That's good We too. are not the selling point now. That's something you learn after. Okay. <laughs> That's something you must in Shanghai. To sell wine is very easy, actually. Oh, yeah? But, no, sorry, to drink wine is very easy. <laughs> but then, uh, and because of that, I started um, to import my own family wines, also some other small families from Chile wines. Uh, also in the year 2013, wine market in China mm-hmm. was booming. was like, mm. China oh. has changed a lot in the last, I don't know for how long you've been here, guys, but for the last eight years already have changed yeah. like two, three times. And before, in those days, wine, wine was really booming in China. I think you can import anything and sell it. 
but since we have a new president who, mm. and the anti-craft thing, uh, wine market uh, have changed a lot. Oh, okay. It's more challenging, uh, the average price is uh, smaller, um, but it's more into focus into real consumers. And since uh, with that uh, starting point, I decided to open also not only importing wine, but a wine shop. Mm. Oh, I started wow. in Beijing, okay. I was there five years, we had a lot of fun, really. I met amazing people, that's... Mm -hmm. uh, the beautiful thing about the wine business is that you really meet a lot. It's very social. Yeah, it is. It is quite a, quite a you, social environment. You share environment. a lot. Yeah. And mm. that's fun. You learn a lot from all your the people you, you meet, really. Customers that might become uh, friends, lovers, <laughs> or, uh, ex. Uh, no, like... There's potential for really anything. <laughs> for anything. It's insane. My best friend actually is from... Uh, my wine shop uh, in Beijing, uh, Mike, mm -hmm. uh, he was my very big, good customer. We get drunk every day. It was <laughs> a kind of danger when Mike every day arrived, uh, but we become very good friends. And then, um, so wine is fun, it's social, but it's also a lot of work because you need to, yeah. it's physical. The wine has a weight. And yeah. you need to, the logistics stuff, and then yes. you need to move the samples back forward up down import export laws it's as really well. like at the beginning i mm. dedicate a lot of time and my physical energies into this mm. and i visit many wine fairs all around china mm. i basically know all china i've been everywhere but looking backwards now it's like wow i'm being so silly oh. i really overwork yeah, so yeah. you mentioned uh, troubles with logistics. What have been some of the biggest issues when you, say, when you were beginning and here in Shanghai, what were some of the biggest issues you faced? Because I know now you're pretty fluent in, for the most part. In fluent in, in Chinese? Chinese, yeah. In Chinese, yes, you yes, mean. Yes. I know the, the, the worst thing about Chinese, I mean, the most difficult thing about Chinese is that you need to, you can learn all the words Mm -hmm. But if you don't pronounce them properly, no one oh, yeah. can understand you. So yes, yes, yes. Mm. you miss a little bit a particular uh, tone and everyone's going to be looking like, what, Shema? <laughs> Shema? <laughs> so, you need to, the pronunciation is very, very tough. Okay. And I'm a Spanish speaker, as you might already yes. realize. Oh, wow. Shema, you realize? <laughs> uh, oh, I know you, so yes. My little accent. Um, but then, no, it's very tough to to properly speak uh, and I will not say my Chinese is perfect but it's good enough mm -hmm. I, people can kind of but then is the oral the ch oral Chinese is very difficult yeah. mm -hmm. and you normally the environment where you learn Chinese is going to be uh, f f surrounded by foreigners mm -hmm. maybe in uh, as bad level as yours so it's very hard to have any improvement Yes. Yeah. Would you would you say that like learning Chinese is something that's quite important to do business in to do business in China, or could you could you get by with like not really knowing, or maybe I don't know, hiring people? Yeah. I don't know. Is it That's how a important? That's a very good question because uh, sometimes my dream is to not understand a word of Chinese in order <laughs> to not understand what's going is, is yeah. going around. You know, yeah. what what they are talking in the table when they're asking like like thousands of bottles for free at some point and you're like impossible you know yeah, and yeah. I have I'm in the point that I have a heart attack because <laughs> I understand Chinese I wish I could understand um, yeah. but of course I think it's, it's extremely necessary 
Mm -hmm. uh, so far, I never use any translator. Uh, oh, wow, it's really no. good. Yeah, so you go to anywhere and you have direct contact with the customer. Yeah. You can understand what they require, what they need, mm -hmm. what they're looking for. And you and I've seen some translators in action and honestly, they miss a lot in the middle. Mm. Wow. Because translating is about culture and the way a Chinese guy is going to translate you to English is still very from Chinese culture point of view. Mm. Yeah. So they miss a lot in translation. They get lost. So I think in order to get the whole, uh, the whole original idea, you really need to make it by your own uh, directly in Dan Chinese. Uh, yeah. It's the best. Yeah. And also, well, I have a uh, staff here working with me. So ah, yes, yes, yes. You need to, to deal with your customer, with your staff, and nothing better than in the own language. Mm, yeah. Also, show respect too. Yeah, maybe also a sign of, a sign of trust. Just knowing the language yeah, exactly. maybe means that they trust you a bit more. Yeah. And Chinese language is very cultural. Like in the mm, concept yeah. behind the characters, it, there is a whole story. Maybe the sun is up, the, the earth is down, and that together is going to mean morning, you know? Oh, wow. There is a history behind each character, mm. and that's culture. And you somehow, yeah, to, through the language, you go deeper in the culture, and definitely it worked like that. Yeah. yeah. So I've gotten a chance to spend quite some time in your shop and I've kind of seen it evolve just, you know, ever so slightly within the last few months. And I've noticed that you like to have gatherings and things there based around art. So can you yes. talk a little bit about just things that are in the shop and like how you um, connect with the community in Shanghai? By mm. I'll... It's actually it's a complex... Uh... <laughs> answer because mm -hmm. retail shops or retail business in China is um, it's just different as it works back home. Mm -hmm. Retail space here is not really a space where you will do business. Mm -hmm. You will not get because here online sales are so important. Yes. Yeah. So the retail space here is more used as a showroom. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Uh, as an exhibition, a place where you can meet your the people uh, to hang out or the mm. customers to have a meeting, you know, to make mm. them comfortable and mm. also familiar with you and your products. But the concept is slightly different uh, as the way we understand it. So I use the space uh, as a gathering place, really, and not only for wine drinkers, mm. which might be of two... Uh, types, the ones that really enjoy wine, <laughs> or others that really like want to get drunk, you know? Enjoy the effects of wine. <laughs> Which I got a lot, especially Friday nights. Um, I tell you, in China, alcohol culture is very strong, so Friday night they are, wow, 9 p.m., they are drunk, like, wow, after drinking paito. And after wow. that, they go to, drink, to my shop to drink wine. It's like, wow. Oh, so they drink the baijiu first and then come and drink yeah, wine? Yeah, so they Ooh. normally get dinner around 7, they get drunk ah. with baijiu, they go to my shop around 9, oh, and goodness. they get more drunk. So wine, I use of course the space for that, that's fine. Me personally, I do, I have, I love painting, mm -hmm. uh, something I did when I was a kid, then because of university and studies, I couldn't really make it again until last year, where I restart painting with oil. And I enjoy it so much that I 
one of the walls, my shop is very simple, we've got two walls. <laughs> one is wine and the other one is free for any exhibit we might get. Uh, ah. Normally we do it with uh, young guys, uh, friends, mm. or sometimes uh, they need an opportunity in order to, to share what they've been doing and also to gather with friends. And it's a lot of fun. It's not really for business, huh? Yes, it's for yeah. Business, yeah. yeah. So it's but more it's creating, fun. adding to the whole the social yeah. part of it. Yes, yeah. uh, and definitely Shanghai needs uh, more spaces to, yeah. to make a uh, social gathering. Yeah, and your your place is definitely really like calm, cozy, like it's the perfect size for intimate things. And um, I tell you the truth, wine helps a lot. It does. <laughs> to make it, does, it even more cozy. And you know? The conversation yeah. really flo- flows. Yeah. yeah. Whether or not you actually like the art, you'll find something good to say after a few glasses of rose. Yeah, Two, of three. <laughs> conversation flows. Okay, so you said something interesting just now. You said the a lot of the um, buying power or a lot of customers purchase online as opposed to in the shops. So is that like the main kind of where the, the revenue comes from, more online than it like is like sit-ins. Yeah, definitely in China, online sales is like huge. Mm. Um, it's just, it's the way, like wine is something recent, like yeah. maybe it was introduced in, in China 20 years ago, not like wow. mainly. Uh, 10 years ago was something still coming, growing. Mm. And then... It's still not major as a market, so yeah. they kind of miss the the specialized place where to buy wine. Mm-hmm. They rather buy wine from recommendation of friends. No, That's the normal okay. way to buy wine. So and today somehow they skip the friend and go straight to the online thing. Mm. Yeah. But the problem online is that you don't really, you cannot trust the wine. You know, yeah. unfortunately, there's a mm. lot of fakes. Mm-mm. And wine, uh, even expensive wines in China at least, can be fake. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> I've, I've tasted some. We've had some experiences yeah. out here. Yeah. Mm. It's insane. Yeah. They give you hangover. Yes, yeah, horrible. Oh, definitely, oh. definitely uh, bad price to value, right? You yes, value. It's, 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 yeah. No, doesn't worth it. So that's for me. I've been. I have uh, refused to be gone online. Okay. Because I prefer that kind of more direct contact with people, uh, mm. with the customers. Well, it's a relationship. It's like a to- long-term relationship where they learn from you and you learn from them. And mm. they go wine by wine, uh, getting the best from them, learning which one fits them the best, which one is better with uh, maybe Be- Beijing uh, duck, you know. <laughs> so it's, it's really a relationship and it's fun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you miss that online. And online is uh, maybe only about price. You never know what you're drinking. Price and or honestly, customer service. It's not really cheap sometimes. It's just yeah. branding. But, well, it's a choice. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I, got, I guess I'm going to die. I mean, my business is not booming because <laughs> of the online thing. But, but I mean, at least I keep, yeah. I keep it niche and I yeah. keep it yeah. focused. And yeah, I like yeah. that. Mm. I mean, just the deals you see on Taobao are sometimes like, Eesh. you know, or even like um, bigger companies here who sell wine. It's just like, like you're buying six, like a case of these. And what if it's terrible? Like, I can't taste it. So yeah. if I buy all of this and then it's, no. Ugh, no. it's a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. But we have learned so much about your wine shop and wine and your origins. Um, but tell us, like uh, you mentioned art. What, what What's next for you? 
next for you in your personal life, professional life? Like, what do you plan on having any other business ventures here in Beijing? Like, do you what? plan on making huge expansions? Yes, like, no. what's, what's, I what's wine, next? Luckily, wines, the wines I represent, mm -hmm. they are limited. <laughs> okay. Luckily, I got one Very smart. <laughs> I, I got one vineyard only produced three thousand bottles, so I'm okay. going to maybe five hundred, and it's already sold out. Okay. So wow. wines are limited. I cannot make them grow to the uh, like moon because quality will go down. Yeah. Mm. They can give you more wine, but quality is going to be different. So wine is limited. My mental. Uh, structure is also limited. I can make it grow, but I think for the price point we work with is kind of uh, challenging. Mm. I can do cheaper wines, but I don't really want to go into that market because it's just different. Yeah, the yeah. logistic, the custom duty process is so challenging. Each time you import that, yeah. I, can, I don't want to go through that. I just prefer mm. to import every year five containers. I'm really done with that. And mm -hmm. I think it works. Uh, so yeah. keep it stable. Growing, but stable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So as far as longevity, like where do you see yourself like here in Shanghai in the next two to three years? What do you see? Well, you know, um, I don't know many foreigners been in China forever. Mm -hmm. At uh -huh. some point, something called you. Yeah, requires you go back home. Mm. Eventually, it's gonna be your family. Most of the time, yeah, yeah. yeah parents yeah. going, getting older, families growing. They don't know you. Yeah. Everyone yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is start to <laughs> get nervous. They yeah, want going you to home, marry, you know. Going yeah. home once a year is not enough anymore. Yeah, or like twice a year. Yeah, and also well, like I think myself. I'm speaking about myself. Huh? I'm still single. Uh, uh. Means that maybe I haven't find any much here in Shanghai, so maybe mm. I should, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. just a lot of uh, elements, but the biggest element um, is that I think China is great, give you a lot of opportunities, but in the long term, uh, I think it's challenging to stay, mm. like, for 100, uh, long, uh, full-time here. Mm. I'm rather see myself with one feet in China, one feet back home, mm. definitely. Yeah. Of course, I'm linked to China, because I... I dedicate so many hours to learn Chinese and to yeah. Uh, yeah. understand the culture around. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, I don't see myself with the both feet full yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. Where? I don't know. Maybe it's going to be back home in Chile. I'm planning though to study next year. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just going to be juggling business and studies, maybe? Yes, actually an MBA. But then wow. it's Ooh, not up okay. to me. It depends <laughs> if they pick me. Oh, okay. True. True, 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 I'm true. just one candidate among one million, so <laughs> or maybe more. So yeah, it's I hard. Mean, Hope yeah. it works. It's gonna. Hope so too, that's yeah. a, it's a, it sounds like a good plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it definitely will be. Well, I, I wish you the best in your MBA program. Yes, yeah. And everything else you have going on. Um, definitely, and thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat with oh, us. It's perfect. We hope that everyone at home has learned uh, something new about running a business in Shanghai and just this personal element that Mariano adds to his business. It's such such an amazing um, business model to have. So thank you so much for sitting you with are, us. Er, you are welcome. Everyone is welcome to have further <laughs> questions. Yes. Uh, let's talk around a wine. Yes, um, and yes. We will let's have, gather. Um, 
Mariano's shop linked in our description. So if you want to come chat with him, maybe take a group of your friends to his shop on a Friday night. Or have um, someone <laughs> that you know for sure is not fake yes. and is good quality. Yes, yeah. that yes. is the place to go. When that won't give you a hangover. Yes. <laughs> we well, thank that. you again. Thank um, you, guys. And Cheers we will here. see you guys again in a few minutes. All right. Bye. Welcome back, guys. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. So, in studio today, we have a special guest who will be talking us through entrepreneurship in Shanghai. We're so yes. excited to have her. Yes. Marissa, hi. Hey there. Thank you guys so much for having me today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for coming to sit and chat with us. Thank you. I feel so fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for... The tons of people in the world who might be listening to this. <laughs> I just want you, I know you've done so many cool things here in Shanghai and in the States. Um, but please, can you give us just a one minute, just a short snippet of your wonderful life that you lead? Okay, yes. one minute. <laughs> so my name is Marissa Tassoni. I'm 25 years old. I'm from Orlando, Florida in the United States. Um, I first came to China in 2013 where I did a study abroad program and there I studied international business and doing business in China um, and how many years later I'm still here today oh, wow. <laughs> something's always bringing me back here so I love China I'm still here great that's great so how many years have you been in China so this last segment of my life I've been here for almost four years oh, yeah wow. and when did you first get here I first got to China in 2013, and then I graduated from my university, came back in 2016, um, went to Beijing for less than a year. I wasn't there too long, yeah. um, and then moved to Shanghai. So, wow. A long journey. <laughs> yeah, you moved here like bef before the times of Alipay and, and Didi. Yes, now that you say that, yes. I didn't oh, even wow. think about that. That's so funny. Um, yeah, in 2013, they didn't have any of that Mobike. Yeah, it's a lot more convenient <laughs> now. Wow. Yeah, crazy. So I'm going to go into our first uh, kind of our question for you. Okay. With regards to um, just establishing a business or um, running your business here, yeah. what was the the reason for for starting? Maybe you you said you come here on, ex on an exchange program and then decided to you know do something else. What made you decide business? Yeah, so I studied international business in my undergrad, and um, when I came over here to study Chinese and doing business with China, I started a business then, and it was import-export of jewelry. Oh. So it was called Infinite Bliss Jewelry, and I went to a manufacturer all by myself. I was terrified, <laughs> wow. on a train, Wow. Um, met with some random guy off of Alibaba, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Okay. I was real nervous. Um, got in this car with him. Sorry, mom and dad, you're listening. I never <laughs> told you all this. Got in the car with him as he led me to this giant factory of like every type of jewelry you could ever imagine. Oh, wow. And basically, he gave me a pen and paper and just let me draw out all these different jewelry designs. 
So after that day, it was the most exhilarating day of my life. <laughs> and I knew, I honestly knew I'd be connected with China and that was my passion. I didn't know what, what I would be doing years later, but I just knew in that day I'd be working with China mm. always, my whole life. So that was my first experience with this. I went back to the U.S. and I sold the bracelets um, and then I donated to a women's shelter. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That was so it's like a, a great element of social entrepreneurship and not just not just entrepreneurship. That's amazing. Yeah. So that was my kind of my first experience with it. Hmm. Um, yeah. I'm just curious. Was what what level was your HSK? Because you you like <laughs> this. This is like extreme. Like H, There's no HSK eight, but it sounds like HSK eight, no. like business. <laughs> Honestly, back in 2013, I studied a lot. I'd say three or four. Oh wow! Wow. I'm probably on the same level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't prioritized time besides <laughs> managing my employees in Chinese and like learning that type of hummus. Chinese, right? Yes, it is. So that type of Chinese is what I master, but day to day it's about the same. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, but look how far you went with like HSK 3 and 4. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really crazy. <laughs> so about hummus, like yeah. how how did you get into hummus? Um, hummus, it, oh, it's so crazy, you guys. And it's such an interesting story when I look back on it. Um, so I graduated in 2016. I moved to Beijing. I accepted the first teaching job I could get my hands on, which was mm-hmm. education first. Um, I decided to leave the company and follow my follow my heart to Shanghai. <laughs> I knew I wanted to go back here so bad. Yeah. Um, so I started a master's program where I got a full scholarship too. I just, wow. I just, I didn't think it was for me. I just knew I would just wasn't happy there and. Uh-huh. I knew in the back of my head, wow, I got this full scholarship and it's a master's in China, but something was not resonating with me. Yeah. So I withdrew from the program and that was one mm. of the hardest decisions I had to make. Wow. Um, went back into teaching, finished my contract, um, went to the Philippines. I was journaling a ton, setting my intention straight on what I wanted to do with my life generally. Mm. And... I knew the common theme was freedom and working from home and something to do with health. Mm. And that's something I've always had a passion for. So when I came back from the Philippines on my beautiful sea and lovely nature vacation, that really (laughs) cleansed me and helped my mind straight. um, An opportunity arose to take over Hummus House. Uh So I knew from some divine source within that that was for me. I knew I knew right then it was calling my name and I had to jump on it. So Oh, that's great. And it's done pretty well. Like it's it's great. I I love hummus house hummus. It's delicious. So <laughs> Yes. Yeah, and spicy hummus. It's so so good. It's delicious. Thank you guys. <laughs> and yes. it's so amazing that you actually set the intention like before. Like that's such an amazing um just, just kind of mind frame to go into, like setting the intention and then coming here and then it manifesting yeah. as Hamas House. Right? <laughs> I think for me, when you get an attachment to one thing in life and you're so set on this, it kind yeah. of crowds that and kind of misguides you. If you just surrender and yeah. leave it back to the universe, whatever, um, great things will come and you'll attract it. Like It's amazing. Right when I got back, the opportunity arose and it's, Something I was meditating on and journaling and saying affirmations mm. for daily, 
right when I came back, it popped up. I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> what is life? <laughs> oh, so that has been awesome. So, yeah. um, have you? So I know you've you've been running um, Hamas House for quite some time in Shanghai. Mm. Um, but what would you say? And and you said that you know there was a relationship that you just established with China. What would you say have been some of the advantages of maybe starting a business here in Shanghai, or well, um, running a business here in Shanghai as opposed to maybe somewhere else? Yeah, that's a great question. I'd say WeChat. Ah, WeChat. <laughs> WeChat, you guys. Oh yeah. Marketing, payments, like organization mm. of customers. Mm. It goes on and on. There's so many benefits, and that's something I'm going to have to change my business model. And adjust and switch it whenever I bring this business or any type of business any else anywhere else in the world, because yeah. um, it's so feasible to use WeChat and mm. communicate and ask for help, ask other foreigners <laughs> suggestions. Yeah, it's amazing, and it's not like that anywhere else in the world. I mean, I'm yeah. from America, and we don't have a form. Of- yeah, we don't. It's it's yeah. Yeah, I messaging itself is just. It, it's so much more complicated now. I'm just like, oh, WeChat is so quicker. Like, right? why doesn't everyone in WeChat? Like, actually, nice nothing about- like it. Yeah, and the yeah. nice thing about WeChat as well is this, but language is no longer a barrier. As- yeah. Because you have the translation. Just hit that translate. Well, the translator in WeChat. So. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. that. And then there's just the logistics of, I could just call a delivery guy and he can come in 20 minutes and deliver to Megan's house. And like exactly. An hour. Yeah. And it's maybe $1. Oh, wow. Like that doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. Yeah. So that's a huge advantage to doing business in China. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I don't think I always try and explain what WeChat can do like, yeah. back home. And I'm like, it's, it's like WhatsApp, but but like a banking app, but like Facebook put in this, like everything in one, like all the apps put in one. Yes. So that definitely is something that seems like it's really, really helpful for a business. Yeah. So convenient, definitely. Definitely. WeChat is like one of the top things. Like if you're in China and you don't have WeChat, like are you alive like what what's going on like i've never met anyone like even in rural china cities that i have been in it's like somebody has wechat like they'll figure the payment out but so with hummus house like as it's evolved what like what are the biggest business insights that you've gotten from like your it's been one year with hummus house you had yeah yes so what what are the biggest insights you've learned from owning Hummus House and now that you are in the process or you have sold it and you're leaving Hummus House, like what are the biggest takeaways that you had? I'd say for me, um, and right when you said that, this really came to mind, is just resilience. Mm-hmm. And that's something I have been meditating on and focusing on a lot because it's so important to be resilient in China, not only owning a business, but just being a foreigner here. And when I say resilience, I mean we need to bounce back. Mm-hmm. If there's an adversity, if there's an issue, and there will be, and China's going to be complicated with the language barrier and the visa changes and all yeah. this is inevitable. But if we just change our mindset and be resilient, essentially, 
and change our energy with it, deal with the problem and move on and bounce back. I think that's the best takeaway and the best way you could live here happily and live here efficiently, also run a business. What advice would you give? I guess this also ties in um, to, to you saying that resilience is one of the things that's, that's really required. Um, but what other advice would you give to maybe a new um, business owner or someone running a business in Shanghai or even thinking about running a business in Shanghai? Yeah, so with me, there were many times when I kind of hit a roadblock I, I thought this was the end, like, oh, there's no answer to this, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's always an answer, and there's mm-hmm. always someone who's willing to help you. You just have to get out of that ball of energy that says there's no more answers and find a way. Mm-hmm. Because we have this amazing app, WeChat, where we could reach out to all of our contacts and ask questions because mm-hmm. people here are willing to help, and it's possible it's so possible. If you look around Shanghai, it's a huge international city with so many entrepreneurs. Every like They've done it. You can do it as well. And they know a lot and they've come very far. So even reaching out to people in the community that are doing something you want to do. Yeah. Just don't give up. Keep pushing because, oh my gosh, if I could tell you guys all the times <laughs> I was like, this is it. No inspirational. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Marissa. So what what's next? I know that this is this is coming up on your last well, by the time yeah. this episode comes out, you'll be gone, unfortunately. Yeah. But what's what's next? Such a great question. What is next? Um moving back to the US, I think my main intention right now is to go home, spend time with my family. Mm-hmm. Um the bigger picture, I do want to start a vegan restaurant, some type of wow. trendy, maybe food trucks. I'm not sure. Oh. I want to incorporate my hummus um, because, as you guys know, hummus in America is very saturated. Yes. But I think we stand out in a way because we have up to 56 flavors now. So if I can change the business model and incorporate that into yeah. something that will appeal to the American society, then... Yeah, I think that's what I want to do. Hmm. Yeah, I do love what I'm doing here, and that's so hard to let to let go of. But um, yeah. Oh, and it's time. It's time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Go. Well, you're not letting it go. You're just transforming it and exactly. and taking it somewhere new. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much. Um, I hope that everyone listening has gotten to know a, a little bit about you and your business. Um, I'm personally just super inspired by you. I know that your time here has touched so many different people, and I am one of them. I'm so <laughs> sad that you're leaving Shanghai. They're definitely like we're we're gonna miss you, and one of the you know the greats is leaving. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Bye. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. I think what I'm really taking away from this is just um, the positive energy that you have towards business. I think a lot of people tend to have like, oh, you know, it's a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress, but you have such a positivity about it. And it's uh, it's great. I'm really looking forward to, you know, 
Thank um, you. Hearing more about like the business ventures that you go into going forward. Thank yes. you so much. Thank, Thank you guys you. for having me. Welcome back and welcome to Unlearn. So, guys, guess how I got here today? How? <laughs> DD? Uh, no, DD. I'm I'm self caring, yes, but I'm not. I didn't catch a DD today. <laughs> um, I didn't catch the metro. I caught well, caught a bike. Caught. I rode a bike. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's a strange thing. I know there's a lot of bicycles in China, in China, right? But the thing is, I did not know how to ride a bike and here's the crazy thing today i went to the bike and i had the app as on alipay and i was like i'm just gonna try this but i've always said that i don't know how to ride a bike because i've never learned how to ride a bike right and obviously if i haven't learned then how can i know how to do something mm. but lo and behold <clears throat> i got on the bike and i was like okay um you pedal that, that that's what needs to happen and you need to balance and i got from Jiangning Station to Changping Station. Wow, that's so powerful, right? That's so a that's powerful. a bit of a bike ride. <laughs> there you go. And, <laughs> and like, if 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 anyone asked me, literally the the moment before I got on that bike, do you know how to ride a bike? Because it would be the same answer that I've always said. I don't know how to ride a bike. Hmm. But isn't it amazing how you think that you don't know how to do something because you've never learned how to do it? And then that stops you from trying to do it. Yeah. Yes. Or like these fears have been in our subconscious mind since we we're younger, and we still have these. It's like, yeah, just you riding a bike. It's like that had to stem from when you were younger. You know? Yeah. And it stays yeah. back there, and it's like once you know and realize you can get that out and put it into your conscious mind, and then you're like, I can change this. Right. It's <laughs> <Right. laughs> so cool. Something happened. I feel like someone else took over. Oh, no, maybe, maybe not. Someone else, <laughs> someone else took over my body and just knew what to do. But like, I was conscious. Like in that moment, I was like, okay, I am doing this, and this is what mentally I'd seen people, you know, ride a bike. Um, so I'd never done it physically, uh, and maybe it is a childhood thing. Like the last time I was on a bike yeah. was like six. Oh. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what? I have never learned to rollerblade. I think you've just inspired me. Oh, <laughs> goodness. Those, oh, a, goodness. A, a rink there are several like rinks here, and I refuse. Uh-uh. Well, why don't you want to do you either? Rink? I think we should. No, 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 no. no. I know how to rollerblade, okay? okay? I was like, okay, I'm sorry, Mommy. I know I talked about you last time in the other episode, but... <laughs> You forced me to go out there on those rollerblades, and I broke my ankle, and I'm just oh, done with it you forever. Broke your ankle. And then I had to walk home. <laughs> I love you, but just, no, uh-uh. I, I'm done. I think so I. Did you walk home with a broken ankle. I asked Mama, Mama. Okay, ask her. <laughs> ask her. Uh, but I am open to ice skating. I think that that is a fear I would conquer, but not on the four wheels, no. I'm not doing it. But this is a fear. Again, it's like what you were saying, Marissa. It's a fear stemming from when you were much, much younger. And you're much older now. Who knows how much much knowledge Mm -mm. that you've acquired. I was in middle school then. Nope. You could do it. Mm -mm. I was in middle school then. I knew enough. (laughs) 
Nope. I knew enough. I can say that. I don't ever be remember. Like, I don't think my dad ever taught me to rollerblade, so I think I just kind of put that back there. And now I look back, I'm like, why do you never teach me to rollerblade? What the heck, <laughs> I have those questions about so many things. I'm just like looking at my life now, like, why do you guys teach me this stuff? Like, why don't I know these things? Normal people know these things, and I don't. I just think like normal stuff, like, you know, when, like, I feel like my brother, when he was younger, like, my grandma, someone, some adult male in my family bought him, like, a toolkit, you know? And he was shown, like, different types of hammers, things like that. And usually, like, if you buy a certain thing, they'll have a toolkit. But me, I remember I wanted to hang something in my apartment in college, and I wanted a hammer. But there's, like, two different kinds, and you have all these little screws. And I just couldn't figure out. I was like, okay, like, which... Is there a certain type of nail? Like, do I... I know this is one that screws off, and then this... Like, exactly. And I was just like, do I... And I'm like, okay, are there... Should I I put a glove on so I don't hurt myself? Because I'm clumsy. I'm prone to this. But I was just like, my dad never discussed a toolbox with me. Ever. (laughs) Like, that was just like, hey, like, you're never going to need this kind of thing. Like, just this is for your brother, not you. And I'm just like, those are the things, like, and tires, things like that. It was just completely left out of the conversation i'm just like ugh. and i feel like a toolbox is not something that's gender specific if you live alone that's something that you should have like a plunger or like you know like it's something that you should have and you should know how to do and i i'm like i'm a you know i'm a wrenchless so i'm hammerless because i just don't know like <laughs> i don't know a, a very short story here on like toolboxes <laughs> What happened is when I moved into my apartment, it was the the mattress was too thin, so I decided to get a new mattress. So I went all the way to IKEA, and then I bought the mattress. And then when they delivered it, it was too big for the base of my bed. So then I decided I can't return this mattress. So what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna cut it. So <laughs> I just gonna... the same thing when you So that's what I had to use to like cut the springs at a certain angle on my mattress to get it to fit my base. Again, something um, wow. You know, I did not know until I was doing it. I was like, okay, well, I can do this now. So many things. Oh, even like a very specific one because we're all women. I didn't know like what a tampon looked like until I was 22 years old. Like I'd never seen one in person. I learned how to put a tampon on in like a gym bathroom. My friend was trying to tell me. I wouldn't even say I learned because I didn't know what I was doing. But and it was just like she was trying to explain it to me. And I was like, there's no way, girl. How does this work? And for her, she gave me a super tampon, though. And I'd never put one on. So I was just like, no, (laughs) that. But I was just like the logic, though, because no one in my family uses tampons. But it's like in the States, tampons are really popular. And it's just like, I would have never, if she, I probably would have never thought to ever put one on in my life if she hadn't been like, girl, you're like a grown woman. Like, and I was like, okay. Cause I, I guess I didn't have like a, a sanitary pad at the time. And she was just like, oh, just use this. And I was like, what is this? And it was just what like, a, it's not even how to no, seriously. Because I was just like, I don't, and this is a little contraption. Like what, what, what do I do with this? Like, you just how to use 
hands. No, but so, seriously. But now they need to teach them how to use menstrual cups. Cause yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the new thing. Yeah. I have, I've yeah. looked at the pictures on how to, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. But they, just... they do give like, um, well, in South Africa, they give, um, they have like educational tours. They go to different schools and they actually teach you about like sandwich pads and tampons and whatever. And they teach you how to, they have like a whole road show and they go to different primary schools. I never got that education. <laughs> I didn't either. Like these, these things don't happen in the States. <laughs> I feel like they were so private about it. In California, they were just kind of like, you know, like the little girl got like a little thing on her seat. It was red and she was like ushered away by the teacher. And, you know, it was very like PC for something that really shouldn't have been. It was just like, yeah. it's just a period, you guys. <laughs> it's just like... But this was like pre... I don't even know what the early 90s were, like when we were in school. I don't even know what they call it. Pre, 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 Y2K? pre-awareness of inter- of important things yeah. in school. Like, <laughs> I feel like my, my little sister is so, yeah, my little sister is 12. Or she knows so much more about life than I do. And I'm just like, hmm, it's interesting. Right? Like. But but then again, social media. Yeah, yeah true, true, like true, true. Facebook and and I don't know if anyone else had MXIT. That could have been a South African. MXIT. Some MX that sounds so complicated. <laughs> Any South Africans listening? I'm sorry, I brought this up. <laughs> anyway, MXIT was like a it was like WeChat but just for chatting, and you'd have like a like a name, like an online name. Oh, like AIM. AIM. Like AIM. <laughs> YouTube, TED Talks, um, all the stuff that, that is actually like positive cool. things. Yeah, that's really positive. Like, they have, like, I was on Neopets. Neopets, yes. <laughs> Neopets. Neopets. I don't even want to talk about it. It's embarrassing. Just forget about it. Just forget about it. <laughs> but yes, yeah. so like you said, unlearning things that you thought you didn't know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm learning the the mentality that um, that you don't know how to do something just because you've never actively been taught. Okay, so Marissa, can you think of anything like we now um, you've been talking about Hamas House? Yeah. Can you think of anything that um, when you were running the business you were like, okay, I don't know how to do this, you know? And then you ended up like, you know, you were there doing it, and you're like, oh wow, maybe maybe this is not that deep. Yeah. Mm. Now that you're saying that, I think this is so simple, but just marketing at farmers markets and interacting with customers I was always so nervous to do that but then when I actually did it I was like this is what was inspiring my whole the whole future of Hummus House really because it was based off of that connection with the customers that I was always so I had like a weird attachment with so once I like got out there got to the markets got to talk to people I was like this is this is so natural for me and this is actually really fun and interesting um, that was like always my main inspiration and focus for the future of it. So it, that's mm. something that carried through the whole business for sure. Okay. Mm. Something that I want to do with any other business I have is just mm. like com- customer to me interaction. I never want to not be part of something I've grown, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like a personal kind of, it's more, it's not just the business. They're not just buying like hummus. Yeah. They're just not they're just buying, buying the hummus. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that is awesome. I think. Do you have any anything to add, just in terms of, um, you know, something that you didn't think you could do, but once you did it, you were like, oh, this is not that deep. 
Um, well, I actually have something. Starting a podcast. That too. (laughs) But yeah, actually starting a podcast, but also, because I think like when people, they always come up to me nowadays and they're just like, oh, you started a podcast. Like, that's so cool. Like you guys are, you know, and they kind of talk to me like I'm this super extroverted person that's been doing things like this forever. And I am definitely someone like my close friends know I am not as extroverted as like outside people would assume that I am and being outgoing being someone who approaches other people like from marketing stance or even like asking people to be on the podcast or you know just even promoting the podcast like that's something that it's it's learned for me because like those characteristics those like um just starting conversations with people when you go to events those are things that i have to prep for i have to pump myself up in my head for (laughs) no seriously because i am very like i things like that take a lot of energy out of me and i am like a introverted soul deep down so just i feel like people don't realize that extroversion isn't always natural it has to be for me and i feel like it's something that has to be performed you know and when i was younger when i tell you I was that person in high school who just wanted to be left alone. Like, I thought I was going to be in a cubicle my whole life. I never thought. <laughs> and this is like, you know, now I, now I could never imagine that. But now it's like, oh, okay. You know, I've had to, like, learn how to be a people person. And that's something that I'm really proud of and I work at every day. But it's like, hmm. Just like, you know, you and the bike, it's something I didn't know that I could do. But I can, you know. It's like, you, you can fake, you you know, you can fake it and then. Some you things become you become it, yeah. Yeah, you fake well, fake it until you become it, or just <laughs> wing it sometimes. Yeah, just you winging it. Wing it and, yeah, and you'll learn as you go, and yeah, you'll become yeah. natural as you go. You know. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much to Marissa for actually joining yes. us for the unlearn segment yes. as well. Yes. Yes. Um, we're saying some yes. amazing gems of knowledge there. Yes. That wraps up our unlearn section. Uh, the fact that you can learn something, you can do something that you didn't actually learn how to do. Yes, we're saying bye bye to Marissa bye. again. I'm so so very sad having to say bye to a friend, but um, thank you so much, guys, and uh, we will see you. We'll hear you. Well, you'll hear us actually, and uncorked. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs> Hey, welcome back. Yo, welcome back to Uncorked. This is Uncorked. Yes. I've, I've, got, I've got some things. You, you want to go first? Should I? Okay, I'll go first. I don't really have anything. So you feel free to go first. Man. I listen. Know, right? Listen. Okay. Um, these dustbins, like one day, what had happened was we used to throw away the trash like regular folk. You know, and like recycle bottles and some cans and, you know, it was all good. And then one day we woke up and then, you know, I went to the bin on my floor, on the 14th floor. There was no bin. Um, the room was locked where you usually throw, it, throw away the trash. And then there was a notice in Chinese, obviously, <laughs> that said, you know, this is what happens now because the bin's not here and this room is locked. And then eventually my neighbor bumped into me and said, okay, cool, let me show you where the bin is. And then guys they just passed like or they just passed i don't know they just implemented this law on like recycling and guys i cannot figure this stuff 
out. There's a red bin, a blue bin, a brown bin, a black bin, or sometimes the, the brown bin is a green bin. I don't know. Like, I feel like recycling shouldn't be this complicated. It's either you can recycle it or you can't. But then it's like one thing is food and then the other thing is like regular trash and then the other thing is like recyclable material and it's I'm just I'm just so confused. I'm I just I don't know. I don't know. I definitely feel like they've been rolling it out differently. Like in my complex they're just doing like normal trash and like compost I think right now. Girl. But mm, I think mm, that in mm. some complexes, they're just rolling everything out, like, immediately. They're like, you have to do yeah. all of these things. And I think that's way too much, like... It is a lot. Every time I go to... You know, now the, the place is, like, around the corner, so I can't just throw away trash on the 14th floor. I have to walk downstairs and then go around the corner. Then when I get there, every time the lady's just like, no, 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 no. I'm just like, wow. And then she's like, I don't know. Every time I try to figure it out, I'm like, okay, this goes in here, this goes in here. And then she comes and she's like, mm-mm, mm-mm. And she's just looking at me like, this damn part, I can't get it right. You know, and she's just untying my bags. Like, this goes there, this goes there. No, no, no. I'm just, it's hard. It's hard, okay? I I now get anxious about throwing away the trash. I don't, I don't think I've actually ever sorted my trash by myself because there's oh, always wow. there's always someone there to like take the trash from me because they're just looking at me like oh give it to me and I just assume it's because they want my recycling but now I'm just like do they actually just sort they're, the trash they're probably looking at you like Mm-mm, she doesn't know Sorry, she doesn't know that's curious I thought like they were like getting money for the recycling that I gave them no there was that so before you could yeah they would they would you could get money from the recycling, which I think you still can do because we give our neighbor our, our plastic bottles. Yeah, that's what I do. She always comes and takes them. Yeah, but now it's like you have to categorize your trash. And and we had like a recycling activity thing, you know, at the school today. And the kids were getting it right. Like, you know, the kids were, they were given a little thing and then they had to sort it out into the different bins. And I was like, the kids know it and I don't. Like, yeah. I, need to get, I need to get it together. But yo. Yeah, because like in my, in the U.S., there's like... There's like a green can, there's there's a brown can, there's a black can, and there's like a blue can. But like, I think like the brown can is for like, it's not, I don't feel like the U.S. does compost, and that's different for me. The U.S. does like green waste, like stuff from like, you know, like the trees and shit. Mm-hmm. But then like, then the black trash can is like trash, and the blue trash can is like recycling. I actually don't know what the green trash can is for now. It's a complex. I, I just feel like it was so cool before. There's recyclable and non-recyclable. Now it's like recyclable, yeah. regular trash. But I feel like compost is a good idea. Like, if I had a garden, I could, like, bury my stuff in my outside and I wouldn't even have to take the trash out. Because people do that. But I also feel like, you know, I I'm, I'm, I, I support I support the cause. It's, it's good to recycle. You know, honestly, we need to look after the environment better. Um... But wow, it's it's complicated. It's so complicated. Yeah, yeah that's it's definitely something that's I think a lot of people are frustrated about this this, this type of thing. I pressed on a LinkedIn article because someone is, I think Tamar was explaining how it works. I was like, yes, girl, I need this, I, but I still don't get it. Everyone's been doing that, and I'm just like, stop posting this shit. Like, psh, pass, swipe. This 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 is what happens when you like don't take out your own trash, guys. This the style you just like. Mm-mm, I'm not gonna read what the green bin is for. Entitlement because I don't take out my trash. <laughs> Um, yes, your uncorked moment this week. My uncorked moment this week. Well, I actually, on like a more serious note, I wanted to like unpack something. Like I'm going to like put this uncorked light on myself. Like I'm like okay. taking a sip of my drink because of myself. <laughs> but I think like a lot of times, you know, like when we're frustrated, I think it's like pretty normal. You know, like say like when you're at work and you're just like, oh, like. 
you know, my supervisors being, like, so shitty to me. Like, why do they treat me like this? You know, like, any situation that you have, it's just, like, oh, like, I'm so pressured by this. Like, I just don't understand why people are treating me like this, you know? And I think it's really rare for people to, like, look, like, you know, like, it's an introspective. Um, mm-hmm. And just be, like, oh, well, like, oh, like, how am I treating someone? You know, like, am I giving people the same space to, like, grow and, like, you know, evolve that I want people to give me, Mm. you know, and I've just been kind of, like, trying to check myself lately because I've just been, you know, I was, like, venting the other day about someone, and I was just, like, and I was just, like, wait, like, the the positions were switched, like, how would I want, you know, this person to react to me, Mm. you know, because clearly this person's going through a rough time, and it's just, like, you know, I feel like I'm just, like, being snappy, and, like, no, you you need to do this, you need to do that, like, you're not doing it the right way. You know, and I'm just, like, and then I I start to think back about all the times, like, maybe, like, I'm having a bad day or, you know, like, I have period cramps or, you know, I'm just Mm -hmm. sad and, like, people have been nice to me, you know, and I just think about sometimes, like, why is it so hard for us to, like, you know, feel the emotions of, like, everyone's being shitty to me today, but then, like, when we're doing that to someone, it's just, like, yeah, you know, like, you really have to, a lot of times, especially in work environments and... Like, even, like, outside of your main job, like, I just feel like I need to think more about, not so much just, like, think about every single person, like, oh, like, thinking in their shoes, but it's just, like, in the moments of frustration and anger, mm-hmm. you know, I think those moments are really telling, and, you know, like, when people are stressed out, I feel like that's when the truth really comes out, because guess, you you yeah. really keep, like, those are the moments, you know, when it's just, like, you wouldn't have told me these things otherwise, yeah, you know that's true. Yeah, it becomes a channel to actually just release. Yeah, it. and I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of those things are negative because we don't really see other people as we see ourselves. Obviously, yeah. you know, so we don't look at another person's frustrations as we would look at our own. And I think that that's a problem sometimes because it's like at the end of the day, we're all like we we all bleed red, and our emotions are our emotions. You know, it's like no one is so thick skinned that. You know, like, sometimes being, like, getting a look or, like, certain negativity on the wrong day, like, really crushes people. Yeah. And I feel like people need to be more, like, cognizant of that, you know? Mm. And I was just, like, checking myself. No one has told me anything because you, people usually don't. But I feel like I've just been more conscious conscious of it lately because I'm just, like, I'm just, you know, taking a step back, you know, trying to, like, be, like, more, like, present in my, my own little world and just, you know, being like, hmm, Checking maybe, yourself, yeah, like, maybe, maybe, yeah, in. like, maybe I wouldn't have felt great if someone did that to me, you know, so why am I yeah. saying that, you know, and I, I feel like more people need to think like, like, we need to collectively think more like that, like, as humans, you know, because it's just like, people are like, oh, well, you know, like, everyone's so sensitive today, but, like, you don't know what the fuck yeah. someone's going through, yeah. like, you don't know what the world is putting, that comment could have just sent them, like, off the ledge you know and it's just like i feel like we need to think more like that because it's like everyone takes shit differently and like some days like hearing like that's ugly can really crush someone or like giving someone even criticism it's just like sometimes it's just i think just watch what you say i think that's like my thing and even like you know when it's like there's so much negativity happening in the world like exactly there there isn't a need to actually add to it so when you respond with when you when you have something negative happening to you and then you respond with negativity, you're just increasing the negativity that's circulating, you know? Exactly. 
Um, and it takes, I mean, it's, it takes a lot to be able to respond positively, you know, to, to sit down, call yourself, well, call yourself in, and then respond with positivity to something that is so negative and frustrating. Yeah. But I do think it's a skill that yeah. we need to be more conscious of developing as people. But yeah. I'm also learning, like, sometimes it's just so much easier to just be quiet. <laughs> just say nothing. <laughs> And it's, like, it's it's really sometimes, because I'm someone who's just, like, I'm always, like, I'm quick on my toes. Like, I I always have a response, especially if you're saying some bullshit to me. But I'm just, like, I'm really just learning. Like, I just, like, suck it back in. Because I'm just, like, is that needed? Because at the end of the day, a lot of times I feel like we don't even realize it. But when we say something negative, we put something negative out there, it affects us, too. Yeah. And those emotions, like, come back to us. So I'm just, like, not only do I want to, like, check myself for being, just trying to be, like, nicer to people in general, but also, like... When you're nicer to people, it feels good, like, to you, yeah, too. Definitely. You know? And it's just, like, it, it, if you don't want to think about it as being nicer, maybe you have a problem with being nicer to people, because <laughs> some people do. Uh, just think about it, like, when you're mean to people, you're being mean to yourself. And that's the honest truth. Like, you are. Okay. And it just, it, it, it is. Like, you know, that, those negative things that you're saying, like, they come back in your, like, aura, your vibe. They you really do. If you're meant to negativity, do. you. Yeah, it yeah. comes right back. And, yeah, like, life is hard enough. So, if you don't want it done to you, just don't do it to other people. If you don't want it to be said to you, just don't say it. And yeah, just keep the good vibes flowing, you know? So, that's that's, that's my own core. Just be be nice to humans, to each other, you know? Better human beings, definitely. Yeah, Yeah. I resonate with that. All right. Well, Well, that's all we got this week. Um, We hope you enjoyed the episode, and we look forward to to you hearing this, and... uh, chatting with you on the interwebs yes on all the interwebs mostly yes. the wechats the wechats the wechats the instagrams the instagrams yeah the we'll, facebook too we'll be around <laughs> right okay later bye